NBA on NBC. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Pot of Fame. This is Jim Mylock, and you're listening to the podcast where we break down the resumes of retired athletes and decide whether or not they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Now, today we're talking football. We're talking former Green Bay Packer wide receiver Sterling Sharp and whether or not he should get a call to Ken. Now, Sterling Sharp is the older brother of Shannon Sharp, but we don't hear about him as much as Shannon Sharp, who's already in the Hall of Fame. And that's because, unfortunately, he only played seven NFL seasons because at the age of 29, he experienced a severe neck injury that ended his career. But even though he only played seven seasons, he did a number on the league with the short period of time he was in the NFL. He had 595 career catches, over 8,000 receiving yards, and 65 total receiving touchdowns. He made five Pro Bowl teams and three All-Pro teams in just those seven seasons. And then the league in catches three different times, touchdown receptions twice, and yards once. He even led the league in all three of those categories in the same year in 1992, winning the Triple Crown. And that's super rare. We'll get to that in a bit. So before we start breaking down Sterling Sharp's career and deciding whether or not he should get a call to the hall, just one quick note here. If you know me, I'm a diehard Chicago Bears fan. So I've been programmed since birth to hate the Green Bay Packers. And I do. I mean, I do. I, I despise them. But even though I hate Aaron Rodgers, I, I appreciate his greatness. The, the guy's a first battle Hall of Famer. He's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. So as I'm looking at Sterling Sharp's career, my Bears fandom will be pushed to the side. And it's a little easier with Sterling Sharp, to be perfectly honest, since by the time he retired in 1994, I was the ripe age of, of five years old. So um, I really never felt the pain of him scoring touchdowns on us, as I'm sure my, my dad and my uncles experienced. Um, so it's a little easier to kind of push the feelings aside, especially for Sterling Sharp. But I just want to get out of the way. If you know how big of a Bears fan are, I am. You might think, hey, he's not going to give this Green Bay Packer a fair fight, but Sterling Sharp, and you're going to hear in just a minute, his resume really jumps off the page. And he's been waiting now for 26 years. I mean, he's been retired for 26 years and has, has not received um, you know, a call to the Hall of Fame yet. And we're going to kind of talk through maybe why that is and if he deserves to one day be put in the can. So with that out of the way, let's go to our first segment. Let's go to what comes to mind. So what comes to mind? Um, unfortunately for, for Sterling Sharp here, what comes to mind when I hear his name is the neck injury he suffered at the end of his career, um, at the end of the 94 season that... So what comes to mind when I think of Sterling Sharp is unfortunately the, the neck injury he suffered at the end of the 94 season that ended his career at the young age of 29, when he was just reaching his peak, what I believe to be his peak. Um, you know, growing up as a kid, Sterling Sharp was uh, an analyst on Sunday NFL Countdown. Um, I think he was an analyst up until 2003 on that show. So I used to grow up watching him in the mornings and in, in, during the day, you know, talk about football. And I knew his brother, Shan Sharp. He played for the Denver Broncos. and I didn't know much about Sterling Sharp as a football player. I my dad told me, you know, that guy was he was a great football player. He played for the Packers. He'd play the Bears all the time. 
he just he got a serious neck injury and it was unfortunate because he was kind of just getting going. Uh, and I didn't know too much about the neck injury, honestly, until I started doing research uh, for today's pod. And when I did the research, it was actually quite shocking what happened here. And I can guarantee this would not happen again in 2020. So at the end of the 94 season, he was having a, a, a great year uh, for the pack. Uh, second to last game, December 18th, they're playing the Falcons. Um, he gets hit, and it's actually he's actually just blocking. I mean, he's blocking the safety on the the Falcons, Brad Edwards, and he goes face down um, in about the second quarter. And if you watch the video, the contact super minor. Something must have happened weird with his neck though, because he, he goes down and he's kind of motionless on the ground for several minutes. But eventually, he gets up and he walks off the field. But he's out for the game. Okay. Also, I just want to keep in mind he had a touchdown in that game before the before the injury happened. Um, so he gets taken out of the game. They like examine him and they're like, nothing's too serious. You can go back out there for the final game. Um, I feel like that wouldn't happen uh, since it's kind of like a spine injury, but they let him back out there for the the final game. He scores three touchdowns in the final game, but obviously something's wrong here. Something's wrong with the nerves because he gets hit in the fourth quarter. Um, he gets tackled by a guy named Charles Dimery, and someone kind of brushes his head while he's getting hit. It's not like a huge head-to-head contact hit or anything like that, um, but he does kind of like someone brushes his head, and on this routine play, Pretty much minor contact, he goes down again. He has to leave the game. And unfortunately, after this, um, it's known he's out for the rest of the year, so he does not play in the playoffs. And they think he's probably out for a full year, but it turns out he never returns to the field again. So that final game of the season in 94, where he scored three touchdowns, finishing the 94 season with 18 touchdowns, Sterling Sharp actually plays his last game. that that's the final draw. He never comes back again. And I'm sure if you're a Packers fan and you in 94 and you see that him go down the second time, you're like, well, he came back the first time. He'll probably come back. The guy's tough. Um, but that freak neck injury um, ended his career. And he, he, again, never came back. So sorry to start this off with kind of a, a um, kind of a depressing tone. I don't, but, but, but that's something Again, when most people think of Sterling Sharp, honestly, they probably think of a guy whose career got cut way too short. And I know that's what comes to my mind. I always knew him on TV as the neck injury guy and the guy whose career um, never fully took off. But as you'll see, as we go through his resume, even before or even though his career got cut at 29, he still had plenty of of great years that happened before his, his career was unfortunately cut short at the young age of 29. So that's what comes to mind. Uh, Let's go to our next segment. Let's go to that memorable moment. So that memorable moment for Sterling Sharp. So the good thing about his candidacy here is there was a lot to choose from here. Uh, I wanted to touch on his, his triple crown season. Um, 
because that's extremely rare, but we'll get to that a little later. I could also touch on a couple of his playoff performances, but his most memorable moment, his Hall of Fame moment to me, was his four-touchdown performance in the 1994 Thanksgiving game when Green Bay played the, played the Dallas Cowboys. So this was his last year in the league and honestly one of his last games. Now, now unfortunately, when you look back, if you Google 94 Packers-Dallas uh, game, you're actually going to see a lot of talk about Jason Garrett's game because Cowboys actually won this game. Jason Garrett, yes, that Jason Garrett, the former Cowboys uh, coach, he came in as a third stringer uh, for Troy Aikman and and he and the second stringer, I don't know who that was, but he was the third stringer on the team. He came and he led the Cowboys to victory. So that's kind of the big storyline. But what gets kind of overlooked is that Sterling Sharp put on an absolute show on Thanksgiving Day, having nine catches for 122 yards and four touchdowns. So he basically, uh, Packers lost 32 to 41. He scored every point except for the extra points in the field goal. Uh, for the Packers that day, and they unfortunately lost to Dallas. But I, I'm a big sucker for Thanksgiving Day performances. I think Thanksgiving is probably my favorite holiday. Um, it's food and football. They, they go hand in hand. And, and having big performances on Thanksgiving is is something that kind of like sticks into my memory since I don't miss games. Like I'll miss Monday night football games here and there, Saturday night football games, even some playoff games I'll miss. But Thanksgiving, everyone's kind of together. Everyone has the day off of work for the most part. I, I know people have to work on Black Friday. That's insane. I don't want to talk about it. That's wrong. But most people can watch these games. And especially um, early on, now there's three games on Thanksgiving. But for a long time, Thanksgiving games, I guess up until 2006, there's only two games a day for the day. The Lions would always play in the morning. Still do today. They've been doing that since 1934. And then Dallas always had the afternoon game. And Dallas has had that afternoon game since 1966. So it was always Lions, Dallas. And until 2006, there's only two games. So Dallas was playing every, every Thanksgiving as well as the Lions. And so so <clears throat> I guess tradition-wise, Thanksgiving games mean a lot to me. And Sterling Sharp scored four receiving touchdowns on his day, which is the record for Thanksgiving. He won the Turkey Leg Award. Okay. It's a big deal. Even though they lost, they won he won the Turkey Leg Award for the game. And and he just again, the nation saw this outside of the playoffs and my night football. There's no red zone back in 94. This is where kind of the world can see who the best players in the league are. You couldn't see it as much as you can today. And Sterling Sharp put on an absolute show in his final year, grabbing four touchdown passes. Now, I will say this is the second time he had four touchdowns in a game. Um, and he's only one of two players to have four touchdowns, receiving touchdowns in in their career. Two receiving, two, four touchdown receiving um, games in their career. And the other is, of course, Jerry Rice. And anytime I talk about Sterling Sharp doing something great during this podcast, Jerry Rice is going to be the, the guy who also did it because Jerry Rice is the GOAT. But... Outside of that, that's most memorable moment. Now, before I go to the next segment, as I said, Thanksgiving matters a lot to me because it's food and football. I can't get away from this without talking about Thanksgiving food because now I'm hungry. I'm going to give you my list of top five foods on the Thanksgiving Day table. Ranking in at number one, 
the tops actually let's go reverse order so it's a little more climatic number five on the top on the top five list mashed potatoes and gravy it's a staple i'm mixing everything into that the turkey's going to that the the other things on my plate they can all go in the gravy the mashed potatoes it's a great kind of lubricant to get everything else down number four is broccoli casserole doesn't sound that great but the one my mom makes there's there's cheese all over it it's not healthy at all it's delicious coming in at number three is mashed sweet potatoes i feel like i have sweet potatoes a lot but mashed sweet potatoes seem to only come around thanksgiving and they're absolute fire number two is a corn souffle i'm from the midwest corn's great and then a corn souffle which is pretty much just corn pudding it's just corn like butter um it is phenomenal it's like a better version of cornbread it's like a more moist cornbread sounds kind of gross but it's delicious so that's number two and then number one of course is the star stuffing um my mom's stuffing it's just it's pretty simple it's just like bacon and onions and then bread and celery and it is unworldly and i will just eat this for four to five days following thanksgiving i i honestly force my mom sounds terrible i force my mom to make way too much so that and then like i don't let people get seconds pretty much i like hide it because i need to live off stuffing and i can eat it hot or cold like i'll eat it out of the fridge cold the day after and it's delicious I, it's gotta drive mom stuffing so that is again <laughs> most memorable moment and my top five things on the Thanksgiving day table. Now let's go to our final short segment. Let's go to Ann twins. I love playing two hand touch, eating way too much, watching my team win with the twins. I love quarterbacks eating dirt, pom-poms and short skirts. So for Ann Twins, we're going a little different here. Usually when I'm doing the comp, I compare the player to a player that plays the same position, regardless of sport. That just makes sense. But for, for, for today's Ann Twins, I'm actually taking a look at Hall of Famer Terrell Davis, and I'm comping him to Sterling Sharp just because they both were players that unfortunately had injuries destroy their careers way too early and they only played for a short time but for the short time they played and the the peak of their powers there was really no one no one that really rivaled them um so Terrell Davis of course or Denver Broncos running back he played for seven years in the league just like Sterling Sharp he was elected three all-pro teams, just like Sterling Sharp, and he was elected three Pro Bowls. So Sterling Sharp actually had five. Um, you know, he, when he was in the league, he led the league in touchdowns twice, yards once. So Sterling Sharp actually led the league in receiving touchdowns twice, yards once. So identical there, just again, different positions. Terrell's leading the league in running, Sterling Sharp in receiving, but still. They at their peak, they were the guys getting you know the bold marks in the NFL reference. They were leading the league in different categories while they played. 
and you look at Terrell Davis, you know, he's 55th on the all-time career rushing list, 49th in the career uh, rushing touchdown list. So he's nowhere near the top of any of the main categories you're looking for for running back, and that's team for Sterling Sharp. And he really just had four amazing years in the NFL. Sterling Sharp, until he got hurt at the end of his career, he pretty much played every game every year. Terrell Davis really had four peak years. Then he got hurt in those last three years with a struggle, and he was out of the league at 29, just like Sterling Sharp. Now, Terrell Davis, um, he got in after 16 years of being retired, so it took him till his 11th year of eligibility, but he still got in. You know, Sterling Sharp, he's been retired now for 26 years um, and still has not gotten in. So obviously Terrell Davis, they looked at his candidacy as, as a better one than Sterling Sharp's. But at the same time, they play the same amount of years. Sterling Sharp had a little more hardware. Now Terrell Davis did it at MVP award, which Sterling didn't. And Terrell Davis also had some pretty significant, and that's putting it lightly, actually, playoff success with winning two Super Bowls and a Super Bowl MVP. But at the same time, their peak of their careers, they were both, you know, Terrell Davis, when he was at his peak, he was probably a top two running back in the league. I would like to say Barry Sanders was probably the best, maybe Emmett Smith, so maybe a top three running back during his time. But during Sterling Sharp's time, and I'll get to this, he was a top two wide receiver. Jerry Rice, of course, was number one, but Sterling Sharp was number two. So they have very similar careers in terms of the length. And then when they were at the peak of their powers, there really wasn't too many people better than them. And unfortunately, again, Terrell Davis' career ended way too short, but too early, but, but so did Sterling Sharp's. So again, a lot of similarities, similarities there with both of their careers, both tragic careers, um, but when we got to see them at their full potential, it was a sight to be seen. So that's Ann Twins, and that concludes our first sh- three short segments. Now let's go to the me, the presentation. Let's go to court. All right, so welcome to court. Uh, I want to go to case four right away because I was just making this point in Ann Twins. But for the case four, Sterling Sharp, what before we go anywhere else, we have to go to the fact that he was the second best receiver in the league when he was playing. When he was in the league from 1988 through, through 1994, there was Jerry Rice, who of course was the best receiver in the league, And then there was Sterling Sharp. You can point to people like Chris Carter, Art Monk, Michael Irvin, Andre Reid, all Hall of Famers, all playing during this time. All all four of those guys, Hall of Famers. None of them were better receivers during the seven seasons Sterling Sharp was playing. None of them were better. Four Hall of Famers. You know those names. You know Michael Irvin. You know Chris Carter. Sterling Sharp was better than them while he played and he was only getting better when he got hurt. So you might be thinking he's not better than Chris Carter. He's not better than Michael Irvin. Why do you say that? Okay. Well, as I said in the beginning, Sterling Sharp was elected an all pro three times. Okay. There's two spots on the all pro team and you know, Jerry Rice has taken one of them. 
So he had three all pros. Only seven receivers in NFL history had more than three. Other receivers that had three all pro teams, Marvin Harrison, Kelvin Johnson. Those are the three. Those are the two guys that had three. Okay. Those are two of the guys that had three. People like Chris Carter, he's a two-time all-pro. Someone like Larry Fitzgerald. Think of Larry Fitzgerald, one of the best receivers of all time. He's only been an all-pro once in his career. Okay. And then people like Michael Irvin. He was an all-pro once. Art Monk, all-pro once. And then think of some of these other great Hall of Fame wide receivers. Tim Brown, Isaac Bruce, zero all-pro teams. Now, you just can't hang your head on all-pro teams um, and just call it a day. But an all-pro team is like an all-NBA first team for basketball. Or it's like a gold glove in baseball. You are the best, or for a wide receiver, there's two spots on the all-pro team. You're one of the two best players at your position for three different seasons. That matters a lot. I mean, you think of the all-time greats, right? Terrell Owens, he had five. Randy Moss had four. Sterling Sharp only played seven seasons, but he had three all-pro selections, just one under Randy Moss. Okay, and I think of Randy Moss as the second best receiver of all time behind Jerry Rice. If you look at the average stats for a Hall of Fame wide receiver, it's two all-pro teams and six Pro Bowl selections across 12 seasons, okay? So Sterling Sharp had five less seasons, five less opportunities to get elected to anything, and he has one more all-pro team than the average Hall of Fame wide receiver and just one less Pro Bowl than the average Hall of Fame receiver. And the worst part about all of this is if he didn't get hurt, again, it's hard to project, but if he didn't get hurt, I think he has a couple more all-pro teams and a hell of a lot more Pro Bowls. Because when he got hurt at the age of 29, he was getting to his peak. Okay? So I'm going to talk about his last three seasons a bit here. That's 92, 93, 94. These are where he turned in some of his best seasons. You know what also was 92? Brett Favre started playing for the Green Bay Packers. So his three, pretty much three best seasons... When he was getting to the peak of his powers, it coincides with Brett Favre coming along. He didn't have Brett Favre before 92. So only imagine like where he's going. So last three seasons, 92, 93, 94. Over those three seasons, he averaged 105 catches, about 1,300 yards receiving, and 14 touchdowns. Over those three years, his last three years in the league, he caught more passes, 314, than anyone even more than Jerry Rice, who had 294 catches, okay? He's out catching Jerry Rice during this time. In 92, he led the league in catches, receiving yards, and touchdowns. He won the Triple Crown, as I said earlier. Now, you might be like, no one calls it the Triple Crown in the NFL. Well, you probably haven't heard that terminology before because it's only happened three times during the Super Bowl era. Jerry Rice, of course, did it. Sterling Sharp did it. And Steve Smith did it. That's it. Three guys. It's super rare to do that. Also, that 108 catches he had, that broke the NFL record for catches in his season. So he broke the record for catches in his season in 92. Not to be outdone, the following year, 93, he rebroke 
his record. So he broke his record and got 112 catches on the year. 1,274 receiving yards and 11 touchdowns. And then in his final year, his final year, 94 catches, about 1,100 yards receiving, and had 18 touchdown catches. Okay? Only three players in NFL history have gotten 18 touchdown catches or more in a season. Jerry Rice and Randy Moss are two of those three. So over the course of his short seven seasons in the NFL, Sterling Sharp led the league in catches three times, touchdowns twice, and yards once, okay? So he led the league in those three main categories a total of six times. Randy Moss, again, I think the second best receiver of all time. He led the league in touchdowns four times, but he never led the league in catches or receiving yards. Kind of shocking, right? So he led those categories, those three categories. He had a total of leading those categories four times. T.O. led the NFL in touchdown catches three times. Never led the league in catches. Never led the league in receiving yards. So he led those top three categories a total of three times, half of what Sterling Sharp did. Okay. Before I go into my final point, just one more thing around Sterling Sharp kind of being at the peak, being one of the best players of any any player, honestly, to be in their peak. I want to compare him to two people here. I want to compare Sterling Sharp to Calvin Johnson because he's a recent person that retired but didn't play that long. He only played for nine seasons. And he just ended up retiring because he wanted to retire. And then I want to compare him to Isaac Bruce, who's someone who recently, a wide receiver who recently got elected in the Hall of Fame in 2020. He played 16 seasons, so he played a long time. Okay. So Sterling Sharp, seven seasons, right? I'm going to keep drilling that into your head. He was top 10 in catches in the league four times. Led the league three times. Top four. Top, I'm sorry, top 10 in the league in receiving yards four times, led the league once. And he was top 10 in receiving touchdowns four times, led the league twice. Okay, first let's go to Calvin Johnson, the great Lions wide receiver, one of the best of all time. In nine seasons, so just two more than Sterling Sharp, he was top 10 in catches twice. So that's two less than Sterling, led the league once. He was top 10 in receiving yards six times. That's two more times than Sterling. Led the league twice. And he was top 10 in receiving touchdowns four times, just like Sterling. Led the league once. So total for Calvin Johnson, he led the league four times across those three categories. So two less than Sterling Sharp. Now let's turn to Isaac Bruce, the wide receiver who recently got elected. He was top 10 in catches twice. So that's two times less than Sterling Sharp. He was top 10 in receiving yards four times, same as Sterling Sharp, led the league once. And he was top 10 in receiving touchdowns three times. That's one less than Sterling Sharp. Isaac Bruce led the league across those three categories once. So that's five times less than Sterling Sharp. So to recap, Sterling Sharp played seven seasons. Calvin Johnson played nine. Isaac Bruce. Played 16. 
Sterling Sharp led the league in either catches, receiving yards, or touchdowns six different times. Calvin Johnson did it four different times. Isaac Bruce did it once. Isaac Bruce is in the Hall of Fame. I am almost certain Calvin Johnson will be elected in the Hall of Fame within the first five to six years of him being eligible. Sterling Sharp, 26 years later, still now in the Hall of Fame. And the last point I want to get to for case four is his playoff performances. So Sterling Sharp only played two playoff games. Again, he was at the beginning of Brett Favre's career. It's, I only want to think, you know, if he was, uh, if he could have been on those Packer teams that consistently made the playoffs with Brett Favre, including that Super Bowl, what do we think of his career? How many more Super Bowls do the Packers maybe win with Sterling Sharp? But we're not going to go there here. He only played in two playoff games. His first playoff game, he had three touchdowns against the Lions in 93. Across two different games, he had 11 catches for 229 yards, averaged 21 yards per catch, and had four touchdowns. It's just he dominated both playoff games he had. He didn't have a dud game there. Four touchdowns across two games, three touchdowns in that first game against the Lions, and he had a touchdown in his other playoff performance. It's unfortunate we only got to see him twice, but he he showed up in both games is what we're trying to say here. He was definitely not shy from the big moments. So that's case four. Let's go across the aisle to case against. In case against, guys, I'm not going to spend too much time here because it's simple. The only case someone has against Sterling Sharp is the length of his career, seven seasons. Because when you only play seven seasons, no matter how good you do while you're playing, no matter how dominant you are, how many times you lead the league in certain categories, you can only accumulate so much lifetime you know, statistics, get so high on the career leaderboards. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of people look to. And when you do that, it does hurt his case. In career receiving yards, he's 94th all time with 8,134. The Hall of Fame average wide receiver, it's about just under 12,000 receiving yards. So he's about 3,000 receiving yards short, or I'm sorry, 4,000 receiving yards short there. In catches, he's 78th all time with 595. The average Hall of Fame receiver has 769. So he's only about 170 off there. And then receiving touchdowns, he's actually 58th all time. At 65, the average Hall of Fame wide receiver has 92 touchdowns. I do want to point out Michael Irvin, who's in the Hall of Fame and who played more years than him, also at 65. I jumped across that real quick. Now I'm back. Case against. Now Sterling Sharp played 112 games. The average wide receiver played 193. So I think that ties into all this too. But when we get to the case, I mean, that's the case against most Hall of Fame wide receivers have better career numbers than Sterling Sharp. They don't have more hardware per se, but they have they play in a lot more games, they accumulate a lot more stats, and they were just a, around more. We remember them more. Sterling Sharp's career was gone in a blink of an eye and unlike running backs like, you know, Terrell Davis who I compared him to earlier or someone like Gale Sayers, 
running backs careers, we kind of think of, of short careers. I mean, in today's NFL running backs, I feel like they're done after seven, eight years. We're kind of used to that. Wide receivers, though, we expect them to play longer. Jerry Rice played forever. People like Isaac Bruce, they play 16 seasons. You can play a while. Um, it's not as much wear and tear in your body. Now, Sterling Sharp played seven seasons. So to a wide receiver, that's super short. So again, I can say like, hey, running backs, um, you know, there's some in the Hall of Fame that didn't play that long. There's not too many wide receivers out there who didn't play too long in the in the Hall of Fame. You know, Kelvin Johnson, if he does get in, which I do think he will be a surefire Hall of Famer, he only played nine seasons. He played two more than Sterling Sharp. Um, he'll probably be, he could help Sterling Sharp's case down the road. Maybe if he gets in right away, why not Sterling Sharp? But right now there's really no one else in there like Sterling Sharp. And that's why he's not in the Hall of Fame today. And that's the major case against him. He just doesn't have those career stats and, and those do matter. So that's case against Shorn Sweet, but that's the case against Sterling Sharp. So now it's time to go to the final verdict. So for final verdict, should Sterling Sharp be in the Hall of Fame? The answer is yes. And this is a much easier yes than I anticipated before I really started to dive into the numbers here. Sterling Sharp's a Hall of Famer. I'm actually shocked he is not in yet 26 years later. His his hardware, again, his all pros, his Pro Bowls, they're either above what a normal Hall of Famer is or just under with the Pro Bowl selections. The guy at the peak of his powers, there was no one really close to him besides, of course, Jerry Rice, but he was by far the second best receiver in a time when there was some top receivers like Chris Carter around, Tim, Tim Brown's around. Like, He's the second best receiver in the game, and it's to Jerry Rice. Like, if Jerry Rice doesn't exist, he's the best receiver out there. During that three-year stretch, I mean, not too many people have put together three-year stretches like that. His The triple crown he won, only two other people in the Super Bowl era have done that. And then what really gets me is again, his career ended early, right? But I had to. I had to project, okay. The average wide receiver in the Hall of Fame played 12 seasons, right? So I thought to myself, what if Sterling Sharp played five more seasons to get to 12? And I was very modest with my projections. I didn't look off any other people's projections. These were my own. All I did was I took what he averaged every season for his career and then put that average across five more seasons. And I think that's an understatement because as I said, Brett Favre just got around to 92. And when Brett Favre got there, his numbers really started peaking. More years with Brett Favre, I think they would have surpassed the numbers he had in the, in the late 80s and early 90s before Brett Favre came around. But let's just say, let's look at this with a reserve and say he averages, you know, what he was doing earlier. So that would be about 5.3 catches per game, about 73 yards receiving and about 0.58 touchdowns per game. So 
He would have played 81 more games over five additional seasons. He would have got an additional 429 catches, about 6,000 yards, 47 more touchdowns. So what that would have left him with if he played the average Hall of Fame career of 12 seasons for a wide receiver, with these modest projections, I feel they're modest, he would have ended his career with 1,024 catches, just over 14,000 receiving yards, and 112 receiving touchdowns. On the career list today, that would put him 11th all-time in catches, 11th all-time in receiving yards, and 7th all-time in receiving touchdowns. But even more, when he retired, so again, if he would have played five more seasons, he would have retired in 99. When he retired, he would have been second all-time in catches behind Jerry Rice, second all-time in yards all-time behind Jerry Rice, and third all-time in touchdown catches. If he would have played those five more seasons to get to the normal 12 that an NFL receiver plays, and again, I think those are modest projections since he was getting 18 touchdowns in his last season. So it's not fair to project that, but you even cut that in half, those numbers in half, and you get near Hall of Fame numbers lifetime. Like he would have got there if he doesn't get hurt. I know we can't say that for sure, but I'm pretty convinced he would have got there. And outside of that, again, he led the league in catches three times, touchdowns twice, receiving yards once, leading the league in those top three categories six different times. I said earlier, Randy Moss didn't get that many times leading the league in, in those categories. People like Terrell Owens didn't. Like It's rare to, across all those different categories, other than Jerry Rice, no one's really doing that. And then finally, I know I said earlier, it's different with running backs because they're expected to play less, but I still want to go there. Like Terrell Davis didn't put up those career numbers he got in, but someone sacred to me in Chicago Bears history, Gail Saris, right? He got in the Hall of Fame, 145th all-time in rushing yards, 123rd all-time in rushing touchdowns. He only played 68 games in the NFL. He only led the league in rushing twice. He led a category twice. He's in the Hall of Fame and no one's like, he should be in the Hall of Fame, but he led the league in rushing twice, really only played four total seasons because he was getting hurt near the end there. Cal Sears is a Hall of Famer. Sterling Sharp is a Hall of Famer. And I'll leave it with this. Shan Sharp, his younger brother, the tight end who is in the Hall of Fame, when he got inducted in 2008, he said, I'm the only pro football player that's in the Hall of Fame and the second best player in my own family. And you might say he's just saying that because of his brother, but I think that's true. Sterling Sharp could have gone down in history as one of the best wide receivers of all time. Because when he played, he was the second best receiver during that era, only to the all-time greatest receiver, Jerry Rice. And if he would have just played four or five more seasons, his name, I believe, strongly would be at the top of the record books with Jerry Rice's with the Jerry Rice's the world, with the Randy Moss's, the T.O.'s of the world. So I believe Sterling Sharp should be a Hall of Famer. 
And I do believe he will get in one day. And I think that Calvin Johnson discussion could help. Because when Calvin Johnson comes up, they're sure as hell going to be like, he only played nine seasons. His stats aren't, you know, his career stats aren't as high as some of the other greats. But they're going to look at him and his peak and how he was the most dominant receiver at the time. And I hope they look back then to Sterling Sharp and they consider him. Now, Sterling Sharp's been retired for 26 years now. He can't get elected by the modern era ca- uh, committee. They look at players from the last 25 years. So now it's up to the senior committee to let him in. And I have seen over time that the senior committee seems to, I mean, they let in people that retired 50 years ago. They, they finally, I think, appreciate some things they overlooked maybe in the past and they let them in. So final verdict here, I believe Sterling Sharp is a Hall of Famer due to how dominant he was at the peak of his powers. And I also believe he will one day get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I think it might be after Calvin Johnson gets in, but I do think it will happen. So that's today's pod, Sterling Sharp, Hall of Famer. Please subscribe to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about this. Thank you for joining and tune in next Monday for our next episode. Thanks and have a great week.